This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. I don't know if you heard it on Twitter or on the XM show, but uh, I got a puppy. And so I've been dealing with that for the last several days. It's kind of a lot, man. I don't know. Did you get your dogs as puppies or did you get strays? Like, how did you, uh, how'd you end up getting your dogs? Yeah, I did uh, hear you talk about that. And I was planning on bringing it up. It sounds like you're miserable. Um, like I've said, I've uh, been lucky enough. My, my poor wife has dealt with the overnight uh, issues more than me. Um, but no, we got her at, right at eight weeks, uh, you know, stayed with the parents for the first eight weeks. And then right, right when it, the first time, I guess they let puppies go, we got, we got her. And I have in the past too. And it's a pain in the ass, yes. Yeah, so that's where I'm at too. Same thing. It's a beautiful dog. He's like, you know, honestly, he might be more handsome than me. So now in the household, right, you know, he's taken over the object of the affection of the females in the household. And I'm all right with that uh, for now. You know, we'll have to see what happens. He's, but isn't uh, the picture you and Heather don't really like dogs and Sasha wore you down over the past like year, right? Yeah. No, I, I like dogs. I, I like dogs. Heather doesn't. But here's what's happened. This is the interesting development. So I, I love dogs. I never had a pet growing up, but I love dogs at my friend's house. I've good, okay. friends, good friends with a lot of different animals in my life. And Sasha wanted this dog. And of course, you know, I wanted it too, but I didn't want to deal with, you know, I've got an, I'm busy enough. I, I'm lazy. I don't want to deal with you know, another being for which I'm responsible. And Heather really, really did not want to deal with it. Heather's traveled. I've traveled a lot now, especially the last five years. But Heather has traveled so many places in the world, been like almost everywhere. And she's always traveled. She, she very much did not want a dog. Like she did not want one. And that was the reason like after we told Sasha, well, if you walk the dog, we, we house sat last summer, not 2020, but 2019 in LA. And they had a dog and Sasha was really good with it. We're like, oh, if you're good with it, we'll get you one. And then she wanted one, and then we we're like, well, maybe on your eighth birthday, and then that passed last February, and we didn't get her one. And finally, she just put her foot down the summer through a total tantrum, and then we're like, all right, all right, we, we told her, we promised her we'd get one. Like, you know, we got, can't go back on her word. So Heather dealt with it and got one, but she was dreading it. Like, for her, it's like that responsibility is just something she just really didn't want. But, is a butt coming? Yeah, the butt is coming, which is that. So for the first few days, you know, Sasha's really good. She loves it. But she's at school all day, goes to sleep early. And then so for the last few days, you know, it's Heather and me. And it's actually mostly Heather because his crate's in, like, the other living room, which is near where she her desk is in her office, my office on the other side of the apartment. And, like, so where he, like, shits and pees, that's, like, near her. So it's, like, she's around more. Uh, and so then he goes and he's been, like, sleeping on her feet while she's working all day and now she's his favorite like she likes he likes her better than he likes me and at first you know he liked me better he liked Sasha better but now she's number one and he just goes right to her and if I leave the room like he'll be looking around her desk to see if she's there first (laughs) and so like Heather doesn't want this thing you know is like I don't even like dogs whatever but I told her I said you know cows still exist because they give their meat and their milk you know people keep them around kill them breed them you know other creatures exist you know horses gave their backs for riding you know transportation i mean we developed human society at a much more rapid pace because of the horse right i mean think about how hard it would have been to get around before cars if horses didn't exist so the horse gave you know there are wild horses they don't really need us actually there's even wild cows believe it or not but point is like some of these animals like we keep them alive feed them and we take something from them 
well, what does the dog give you? Like, what's the dog offering? All these dogs that we've bred for years and generations and millennia, what does the dog offer? It offers its love. That's all it's got. It just loves you. It just wants to be loyal and show its love. That's it. It's not giving you anything material. You don't eat them. You don't ride on them to get across town. It's just giving you its love. And Heather is losing the battle. Like, she didn't like it, but this thing just loves her so much that she's losing. She loves it now. Like it's just such a, it's a very, yeah, that was my next dog. question. I'm, I'm guessing she's all in now or she, she can't dislike the affection, she's right? Still, she's still like uh, on her last legs of resistance. Like she's still like annoyed that she has to deal with it, especially <laughs> now because it's, you know, in the puppy stage where it's there's oh, right. dealing, you know, cleaning up shit and everything, but he's winning. Cause he's, he's an adorable dog and he's just, he's just chosen her. You know, it's almost like he chose her because she was a cold-hearted, evil person that needed more love in her life. Uh, apparently, you know, I'm not doing a good enough job. And he's succeeding, you know. So now she's, uh, she's, she's, she's falling for him. So it's actually kind of a nice thing. Yeah, and I like good, cool story. Um, one thing I'll say is I, I'm glad we have hardwood floors right now during this stage. It's a lot easier to clean up. Uh, yeah, it's definitely work with the puppy. But, and, and, and what about Sasha? Is she, is she all happy? She loves it. I mean, she she really loves it. She's good. She plays. She'll take him downstairs even. I mean, he can't really – not until next Wednesday, they say, when he's three months old, can we take him to the park? Yep. Yeah, yeah. We're waiting to give walks, too, for all the final shots. Yeah, we're doing – I think he got his shots, but it just he needs to be a little older. He's a great dog. You know, he, he doesn't eat that much, but he, he's, he's already fetching, and he's nice. – he just seems like a happy dog. He's a very – you know, he whines a lot if you leave the room and – so there's, there's all that, but I'm dealing with an issue of my three-year-old son is quite rough. Like, uh, you know, I'm like, Oh man, like be easy there, fella. It's like that, that's, that's a whole nother issue too. dealing, being rough with a little puppy. I'm like, you know, he could hurt him. And I'm like, I want some psycho boy child. Who's all, you know, tormenting animals. Yeah, that's, that's a bad sign. You know, all those like future serial killers, they start with animals. Yeah, no, I know that's how they, he's not tormenting the poor dog, but yeah, no, he's definitely rough with the puppy, man. I'm like, come on, uh, Mason, be, be, be gentle. But, uh, yeah, but uh, no, that's cool, man. I'm happy to hear you guys are all happy and it's working out. And then Heather, of course, it's like a, a storybook ending. That's, that's funny. But, it's working know, out. I mean, it sucks. We're in hell. Like she stayed up. <laughs> We've been switching off every other night and tonight's my night, but one of our, uh, I'll give a shout out to this guy, Steve with two, three E's, Steve, Eve, E. Uh, DM'd me and he said, yo, I heard about your dog. I got this uh, solution that's will work 100%. And basically you can go online to YouTube and get like a, a heartbeat sound. And apparently they whine a lot because they're, they're used to hearing their mom's heartbeat. So this sound simulates it. And if you put it by their crate at night while they're sleeping, they don't whine as much or wake up as much because they think they're near their mom or like gives them that you know, assurance. I was going to ask you, you're crating him? Yeah, we're crating him. And then, and then Steve... Basically, was like he first he tried to uh, bargain for a RotoWire subscription for the info, and I didn't answer. I was busy anyway, and then he said, "Ah, screw it! I'll just give you the info anyway." So he gave it to me, and it's good info. And uh, he gave me instructions on how to do all the stuff. And then I, I comped. I'm going to comp him, just because he. I, w- I don't know if I would have comped him if he if he was trying to make a deal, but since he just gave it away for free, and then right. he said, "Well, I'd really like that if it's possible." Then I was like, "Okay, I'll do right. it." And have you have you tried it? Yeah, we did it last night, and Heather said it helped. It was Heather's second. I got, she did it Sunday night. We got him Sunday. I did it Monday night. She did it Tuesday night, and so tonight's my night. Gotcha. Okay, interesting. That's good to know because, yeah, that is a problem with, with her through the night. So that's a uh, – yeah, okay. Shoot me the actual info. Yeah, I'll, I'll send you the text. I'll send yeah. you the DM. Yeah, cool. Um, <clears throat> all right. Well, that's good stuff. And I'm glad, I'm glad. I, you picturing you dealing with the puppy is kind of, kind of funny. And I, I do do like that. Um, so where do we begin? Uh, sports, the debate. I mean, the debate just happened last night. I mean, what, what, what do you want to talk about, man? So a couple people complained. They, they didn't like that. There was too much sports. It was like all sports last week. And they felt like there wasn't enough substance, like some other stuff. And I don't want to disappoint, you know, it's sort of like the, uh, the COVID times where there were no sports, we went all into different topics. Yeah. And I think some people... No, and you talk enough on XM and I talk enough on two other Yahoo podcasts each week. So, I mean, I got it. Yeah, we, we don't even have the need to. Right. I mean, we'll do a little sport. You know, obviously we'll pick the games like we do every week. Uh, I don't even get into how shitty that was. But yeah. we'll, we'll get to the sports. Can I, can I complain real quick about yeah. something? 
I have Trevor Bauer became the first pitcher in MLB history to throw 12 strikeouts, zero walks uh, and zero run runs in a playoff game. And the Reds lost. I made five long shot MLB bets before the season list. Uh, they were on the White Sox, Reds, Padres and Rays. And then you Darvish to win Cy Young. So I'm only bragging now because that looks kind of ridiculous. The four teams are all 20 to one or worse or, or Rays are 18 to one. And they made the play. Obviously, it helped when they expanded the playoffs. And Darvish is probably going to finish second. I'm going to end up losing all of these. And I had a rough day today. The Reds lost one nothing. The White Sox are down big, and the Padres are down big with Lamette and Clevenger yeah, right between the season. But the Rays at least looking looking good to record this. But anyway, so I'm actually crazy. I hadn't even been thinking about it, and then suddenly the playoffs are here, and I'm like, dude, my tickets before look better. Yeah, obviously, I got help by the expanded playoffs. But anyway, so that's all going to end up well, losing money. It shows and, and that yeah. they have to create a market in sports where you can sell like a stock yes. or an option. Like, all right. It's so, so much we're trying to change now. Exactly. You should be able to sell these tickets. I think those are available somewhere. Yeah. I mean, there should be something where, yeah, someone who just buys the ticket. But anyone who buys it in an illiquid market is going to give you shit odds. Like, yeah. let's say your ticket pays five grand if you win and there's a 30% chance you'll win. You should be getting like 1,660, you know, whatever. Maybe sell it to him for 1,500, give him a little profit. But he's going to be like, I'll give you 800 for it. You know, right. it's going to be no. like some shit deal. So, yeah. but if it's a more liquid market, like options, you just trade it, and it, it would yeah. be uh, be bad. Definitely. So, okay, we need more sports. What, what do you, where do you want to go? I've been uh, DMing with Ted Bell, and he's he's been covering the uh, the RussiaGate hearings in the Senate, and I actually have to read the last one because he just uh, sent me a long chain of stuff. I, I if, you know, timing's not great because I'd actually like to include it, uh, but follow. Uh, at Ted four four E Ted Bell on Twitter because he's really diving into the facts about the whole Comey McCabe all this stuff so he's really getting into it he doesn't care he's not on someone's team he's not pro Trump he's not pro Biden he actually just really delves into the legal issues and what happened imagine so, that imagine that such a very rare time. it's like ridiculous these days that that's just not that you know the people on TV aren't the Ted Bells I mean he's the guy who should be on TV on CNN or whatever doing the analysis, but they would never let that dude on for good reason. But he would, he would do well, it. And, and his podcast. Hopefully he'll come out with a podcast thing. Cause I listened to every episode. He, well, they're, he they're like totally prescient. They're totally correct. He called it a few years ago. Anyway, check out his stuff and he's tweeting a lot. So check that out. I didn't watch the debate. I caught a couple clips. Actually, Heather was watching it and I just caught it in the background and I read some commentary on it. That's crazy. Really? You were not interested. Come on, man. What were you doing instead? That's just crazy. Like, I get it. It kind of was a waste of time, I guess, honestly. But but come on, man. Really? Like, what what else? What was more important? I guess playing with your kid, I guess, I guess would be. And anything's more important, like doing my Yahoo moves and Wavos for my team's one and two. <laughs> All right. Okay, man. Everything's All right. Even if it's just for theater, though, man. All right. Okay. I, I don't know. Like, I, I saw some clips and I, I read a couple things on it quickly today. And my impression was that a Biden was way more coherent than I, you or I gave him credit for, even yep. though, but that Trump bailed him out by like talking over him and not letting him devolve into nonsense. Like just let him hang himself. Like don't talk over him. Don't be a moron. And the other thing that That's I read true. from yeah. some of the exchanges from people I respect, not like the bullshit, like hack coverage, which is just, you know, go team, you know, but was that Trump had some openings. Like when they talked about hundred Biden and instead of being like, Look, that's just horrible corruption, and, and go into that. He started like basically Greenwald was tweeting about how he basically just leaned on the drug a- addict aspect of it and like demonized addiction uh, instead of going after the corruption. And it it reminds you, and things just there's so many things he could have said. There's so many times he had opportunities to just just tell the truth about stuff, and yeah. and but instead went for like the cheap shot or the point scoring. This at least that's what I read. And it makes you realize, like, you think, oh, yeah, Trump's, like, against the military-industrial complex. Look at that comment where he says, oh, they don't love me. They just want wars. And you think, oh, he's actually sort of resisting the, a lot of the evil powers that be in his own bizarre, you know, way. And then you think, maybe he's not doing any of that. Maybe he's just, like, just kind of in over his head and, and, and just flailing at stuff. And the fact that he's against a lot of what the consensus mainstream people who got us into Iraq and crashed our economy and you know did all these horrible things the last 40 years the fact that he's against them is just more because they're against him and it's not really like there's not as much 
you ascribe some sort of like, oh, but he's actually, you know, trying to fix this one thing or whatever. And, and maybe it's just all shit. Well, I guess my, well, I guess my next question would be, does that really fundamentally matter? It doesn't uh, matter in terms of who you should vote for in terms of like, yeah. if you think this bungling idiot is just better because the other guys are an organized crime syndicate, you know, that literally like the military contractors needing their money, needing their wars, the, the banks, you know, needing their cut and the pharmaceutical companies needing their cut from peop- six people. And you have this, which would not be an unreasonable view. No, I think that's just a fact. And those are the clients of the democratic and the mainstream, uh, neoconservative party. And so the neocons and neolibs, those are their clients. And there's some minor differences on social issues between the two, but they're basically core military pharmaceuticals get this, you know, keep this. I mean, Trump likes the stock market too, but specifically those companies and those influences. And, they're an organized crime syndicate that will make it happen legally with proper diplomacy, wearing the suit, smiling and not embarrassing us with, you know, bad grammar and things like that. Mm -hmm. So that's one side in my mind. That's one side. That's the Biden, you know, not just Biden, but George Bush, who is worse because he tortured and really committed crimes. But you know, the Biden, Hillary, Obama, Bill Clinton, George HW Bush, the father Reagan, you know, just sort of that, that whole side this centrist, you know, establishment. And then there's Trump, who's like this total wild card egomaniac guy who wants to be loved and isn't stupid. I don't think he's stupid. I think he's just sort of narrow-mindedly self-interested. And he'll accidentally sort of disrupt some of this organized crime syndicate's plans and they'll get really mad about it and they'll convince ordinary people to think, you know, look at the evil he's doing. He's not, uh, he's not respecting our generals, you know? And like, it's like, wait, what, Who, what do we care about that? Like, it's good that he's not starting wars. So yeah, that's, that's what I think. Like, you know, and it's just, you always knew this was true, but like, sometimes like you'll be like, Oh, well maybe he'll figure it out. You know? I mean, maybe he'll right. see that like the, the evil that's arrayed against him and be like, Oh, I can do the right thing here. But then the debate happens. And again, I didn't watch, I only watched little bits of it, but it was kind of like, dude, you're not the guy who's really, you're not the guy who, who's in command of like what's really going on. Like you're not the guy who truly sees the, the situation for what it is. I think your summation you read was uh, pretty spot on for the most part. He's uh, he was funny in the beginning, man. The guy is like a stand up comedian, but then it became really overbearing, the talking over each other and became just total chaos and just kind of delved into silliness. Um, and he definitely blew some opportunities. He could have uh, had better answers, no doubt about it. And Biden, right? Yeah, Biden absolutely looked uh, better than I expected, but also did not wasn't afforded opportunity to talk, you know, continue the talking. But um, I, I, maybe this means I will be around too. But um, yeah, I don't know. I guess I guess I can't blame you for skipping it. It's all such silliness and theater and, and nonsense. I, I wonder if the networks are going to really want a round too because it's you know if it's theater, like they just want the world, you know, WWE situation. That's that's good TV, right? That's what they want. Like, there's nothing more boring than like an Al Gore type debate or John Kerry, sure. people like sure. that. Like, just some fucking platitudes, blah blah blah, platitude, 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 platitude. Just some fucking talking points they got from their clients. Like, who the hell wants to listen to that? Platitude, this platitude, that. This corporation, this this. They're just basically getting fed the talking points. But you get Trump in there, and then Biden. Who I saw, you know, he's like, you're the worst president ever. Like he says stuff that is funny. I mean, that's, he just, you know, I mean, it seemed like Biden, I, I have to say, like, I, I've been deaf. I was very surprised that he could even formulate a coherent sentence, but it seemed like he was able to, you know, at least the couple of clips I saw, like be somewhat coherent, but again, no doubt. Yes, I, yes. I'm not, like, I don't give a shit which team, you know, I don't care team Trump, whatever. I just try to see it like it is. Biden represents the centrist neolib neocon consensus that's doing the organized crime work of their clients. It's legal crime. It's not crime because it's legal. Everything's been, you know, they control everything, so they've made it legal. Printing money for the rich, starting wars, all the shit. And then Trump is just an egomaniac who wants to be thought of as a great guy and it's kind of unpredictable what he'll do. Yeah. Can we just get rid of the two party system as it is right now? It's uh, both are, have their, their, their faults right now, to be sure. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know where we, I guess I will check out the vice president of debate probably, but um, I'll never watch that. That's going to be the worst because Kamala Harris is like pure corporate careerism. And Mike Pence is like 
seems like dumb as a box of rocks. Just, I don't know. <laughs> that, would, that will not, I will not be, I, if I didn't watch this one, I'm definitely not going to watch that. Yeah, I mean, I'm in like a group text message and my, my old friends, you know, they're all just pretty much just orange man bad, um, it seems like. And I just am a little bit more, I'm tired of the other side pissing on my leg and telling me it's raining. And I yeah. kind of got into it last night. Like, ah, you know, this is just so bad getting into to, no, to political. Gonna... I know it's just so, so, so bad. And Because it's emotional. It's not logical. Like they've attached an emotion to their hatred of Trump. And so if you're like, well, actually, you know, he didn't start any wars. I mean, he might have done some stupid shit and he might say a million dumb things. But yeah, I started going that route you know, and they were like, who is there? Are you trolling? You know, is the response right. I got. So, it's I so, just, because, because I remember I got into it with somebody who was basically saying that Trump's by far the worst president ever. And I was like, no, George Bush was the worst. He killed half a million people. And she's like, he's just an embarrassment. I mean, Bush, he's... He, He's not the embarrassment. I'm thinking like, so you're worried he's an embarrassment? He, I, did you hear what I said? He killed half a million yeah, human so beings who that. were innocent. He killed, and, and, you know, it wasn't like, oh, well, yeah, he was misled by Cheney. No, when he was the governor of Texas, he executed more people on death row than anybody, Bush. And I mean, this guy was a, you know, I mean, who cares if he's like a chummy guy you can get a beer with and Michelle Obama gave him a candy, you know, or he gave Michelle Obama candy. I mean, this dude executed a lot of people as governor of Texas, more than anybody ever. And then he launched a war on false pretenses that killed half a million human beings. And people were like, but the other guy's an embarrassment. And you can't argue it because that is such an overwhelmingly powerful argument. No matter what you think about Trump's rhetoric or douchebag he is or whatever, you know, half a million people got killed. And, and, and it wasn't like, oh, a virus came and it didn't make the optimal response. You know, yeah, 200,000 people have died of the virus. If you had your favorite leader ever in the U.S., 185,000, same amount, who knows, right? It's not like the virus isn't in France or Spain or Italy or UK at the same levels as it is in the US. So it's like, yeah, he didn't handle it well, but you know, it's not the same thing as launching a war that was totally unnecessary that the people were minding their own business. And, and that's such a strong fact, but like, if you try to debate somebody who is already emotionally invested in Trump's you know, orange man bad, it's like they don't it doesn't it's just a fucking thing you're saying it doesn't register the reality of it it doesn't sway them because like it's like their brain is like this is what's bad and i know it and this is just some shit you're saying do you see what i'm saying like if we're arguing and like you're like trying to get to the logic of what i'm saying like well what's worse i mean don't you think this is a more catastrophic but they're just like no like you're just saying words they don't actually matter what you're saying. I was convinced I was on team good uh, for myself for the longest time. And just this, the other side, there was just no, no counter, but I don't know they, I've tried to look at the other side and I've woken up and it's not great. And it's, it's uh, yeah, I, I'd almost rather the na- naivety uh, of not knowing, but it, it is what it is. And it's both fresh, definitely equally corrupt on, on both sides. And um, yeah, yeah, there, but there's no reason to get in that in, engagement and argument or whatever. I mean, there's no, and I'll tell you what, so, if I were surrounded by Trumpers, which I'm not, I know very few, I'd probably be arguing with them and, and, and going after the stuff he's doing. It's just that I'm surrounded by people who believe in this sort of neoliberal mission as like something that's yeah, you know, so not what it right. is. Like they actually think it's like, no, that's the good guys. Yeah, as you said, team good. Mm-hmm. That's this is the way it's supposed to be. And, and I just can't deal with the bullshit. You should absolutely dislike any politicians you want to dislike, but why are you falling for that shit? Like, why do you? It's hard. It's hard for me to take just being lied to and like seeing everyone like just absorb it and suck it up. And and I really think I told you I I said this before. I really think it's just because believing that stuff that they believe helps them get along with each other, and opening your mind to being like, wait a second, these guys are not good. Like this is not. It's not good versus evil in this election. It's one set of interests versus another to see it that way and articulate that point of view as your friends would think you're probably like you've gone to the dark side or something yeah they thought i was losing it uh they do probably oh yeah i don't know i just be very careful with the media too right now just extra extra skeptical i mean the atlantic is putting out all kinds of propaganda articles and it's they're freaking owned by one of biden's biggest supporters i mean ah, whatever anyway if you don't um, if you don't know i and i don't care who you support it's up, everyone chooses what they want. But 
right in Tulsi. Uh, yeah, exactly. But if you don't realize, I don't care, you know, what you what your beliefs are. If you don't realize that the media is not the news anymore, that it's simply agendas and interests posing as news and advancing yeah, the, the agendas of somebody behind it, I don't know what to tell you. If you think that like CNN is covering the news, and it's not about that CNN doesn't cover some facts, it's choosing what facts to cover, how to explain the facts, how to spin the facts. I mean, if, if that's not obvious to you, that that is not oh, actually the, the, news. The tone in every New York Times article today about the debate is is, is one way, man. It's it's it's. 100%. I can't. I stop reading it. I can't even read it. Like someone says to me, my friend uh, sent me a New York Times article on health that said how intermittent fasting may be harmful because they did some study three months study of these people eating from twelve to eight. They didn't even record what they ate, whether it was grains or meat <laughs> or whatever. And some they all lost weight from intermittent fasting, but some of them. The two or three pounds they lost wasn't as much as others, and some of the weight loss was was muscle loss, not fat loss. And so they're like, and then this doctor they quote, he's like, I'm not sure it's healthy. I was doing it, but now I'm, you know, I could lose muscle. And I'm thinking, I'm just thinking like, it's the New York Times. That's the healthcare establishment does not want you to intermittent fast to fast. There's no profit in that. There's no money in eating meat and fasting and cutting out grains. There's no money in that for the for anybody. They want to be able to treat you. They want to be able to have control over your outcomes. They don't want you to be saying goodbye to the, uh, the healthcare system, exiting that. And I can't even read like a New York Times article about health and not think, okay, who wanted this in here? Like whose agenda is this? That's how low it's fallen. I, I honestly, I, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's just, oh, this is an interesting study. But they're like 10, 15 years behind when it comes to things that I knew about health. They'll finally be like, oh, well, maybe cholesterol isn't the, the be-all, end-all. Or you know, maybe uh, you know, meat isn't bad for you. Or, or maybe you know, polyunsaturated fats, seed oils, are, you know, there are some problems with it. You know, they'll, come, they'll come to that 15 years later. Uh, but in the meantime, they'll be just doing the bidding of just like the basic standard conventional wisdom. Yeah, your P.D. Mangum guy always points out the hypocrisy and just, yeah, there's a, just follow the money. It's as simple as that. Um, hey, have you followed the, what's going on with like Plan B and the whole stock to flow? Uh, I did. I deal? did see that. Okay. I did okay. See that. All right. Do you have any thoughts? And do you want to explain it and have any thoughts? I'm on the side of the, the Swan CEO. I forget his name, Corey something, who, yeah. who outed him. I actually, that, I think Plan B is kind of a douche now. I, I should unfollow him. So, so the thing is, okay, so plan, these are Bitcoin people, and plan B had this idea of stock to flow, which is a compelling idea, which is basically like the scarcity of something is obviously measured in stock to flow. So you look at gold, you know, gold, I think only 1% or 2% of the gold in the world can be mined every year. So like the, it, the supply is only added to like 2% a year or like 1.5% a year. So the stock to flow, the amount that exists, the stock versus the flow, the amount that's newly created every year is like 60 to 1%. And then, you know, Bitcoin has got a declining stock to flow because every four years they, they have the reward for the miners. So most of the Bitcoin that's ever going to be issued has already been issued and, and you know, less and less gets issued each four, every four years. And so he was saying that now Bitcoin stock to flow is getting close to gold and he plotted like silver, gold, real estate, Bitcoin, uh, and this whole stock to flow chart of how commodities and monetary goods and even other goods are valued over time based on stock to flow. And he created this very straight line from the you know, inception of Bitcoin and its stock to flow with gold, silver. And it seemed like, oh, this is it. This explains the whole thing. And a lot of people, me included, for a little bit, but I had one issue with it, but I'll tell you that in a second, which has always bugged me. We're like, wow. So his stock to flow model says like in a year or so, in a couple of years, Bitcoin's going to be 250 grand, or it should be. And it, it, goes, it doesn't stay exactly on the line, but it stays within a standard deviation or two of the line, which means... If Bitcoin should be worth sixty thousand on the stock to flow model, it might be worth two fifty. Might go down to thirty, but it'll usually be within that range. Uh, and and it's held Super up. Super aggressive projections, right? Aggressive projections, but based on its history. You know, I mean, yeah. based on its history. And then he added in the history of other commodities and stuff, and it seemed to line up. And this guy basically. Oh, and and so the thing about him was, you know, he's, he's Plan B is his handle, and so apparently he was this uh, trader. You know old school Wall Street guy who managed billions of dollars. And so everyone thought he was like 50. I always assumed he was like 50, like my age almost, you know? And yeah, yeah. I'm 49. Some like seasoned veteran of this shit. And like, then he got into this and built this really cool model. But apparently this guy graduated college in 2011. And this guy, I don't know how the guy figured it out. But 
So he posted that. He's like, you know, by the way, this guy who you think is this like learned older elder statesman of Wall Street is just this kid. And then, then uh, Plan B, who has like 100,000 followers, accused that guy of doxing him. And the guy deleted the post immediately. But then he screenshotted the post and used that as accusation. And it's like, well, if you're really worried about being doxed and the guy who had like 4,000 followers deleted it, yeah. Yeah. you wouldn't be screenshotting and putting it out there. So that was kind of a, a bitch move, in my opinion. It was a move by, uh, dare I say, someone young. Yeah. I mean, seriously, that's, that was like, okay, so I guess that's true. He was, he's young because uh, there, there you go with that. So yeah, there are and, people and, like, I forget his name. Go ahead. Right. And you know, it was all public information except for that the year he graduated. Yeah. So, and, and the guy just put, he posted it saying, look, you know, I just put the year he graduated. So if people are buying into this because they think he's the seasoned Wall Street veteran managing billions of dollars, that's just not true. Yeah, I know. At first, people were upset because they thought he was like a swan customer, and he used that information. Well, that would have been very not, bad. That would have been yeah, very, very, been very bad. Very, very, very bad. It was not the case, and he felt bad about it. He even apologized, but I kind of – people – so the thing is, I guess – I forget the guy's name, like Raul. Some big-time guys are like yeah. are treating it like gospel and, and making big investments and talking about it themselves. And, and yeah, there are some people that are under the wrong assumption of whom they were taking their advice about. I don't know how true that is and how real they, they were taking it, but it all seems no, like no, a people believe kind of a wild true. scandal. People, yeah. <laughs> but what I liked about this guy, Corey, he's like, I'm in Bitcoin because I believe I don't need some bullshit model. Totally. Like, I like some- that guy. No, at first I was on, so I, was, I followed plan B or whatever. So I was like, oh, who's this asshole? But then I went down and I'm like, oh, I'm kind of on this other side. And that, yeah. now it makes, me, it makes me totally question everything I've read from the beginning from the other. So exactly. okay, this guy's like, we don't need this bullish model buoy us. We're in this because yeah. we believe in this. It's like this shit's just, right? Totally. Here, here's the problem I always have with it. And I think I haven't tweeted at him, but he never responded. Is this how can this model possibly be accounting for inflation? Because if you know the federal government were to print a hundred trillion dollars, then of course Bitcoin would go up to a million dollars, but a million dollars isn't a million dollars anymore. Right? A million dollars is only ten thousand dollars, so it wouldn't really go up at all. In other words, inflation is this variable that stock to flow. You can't just say it's going to go up to this amount of money with this amount of scarcity, because the numerical amount of money is dependent on the inflation level. Yeah, right. It's like, and there's no, let's, say, let's say there was a huge deflation. In other words, everything crashed, dollars dried up, money was scarce. You know, even like the fiat currency was scarce and Bitcoin dropped. But it was still more, more valuable than gold. It was like, let's say gold is at 2,000, Bitcoin is at 10,000, and gold drops to 1,000, and Bitcoin drops to 7,000. Then Bitcoin would have actually gone up relative to gold from now, mm. but gone right. down relative to the dollar. So to have a stock-to-flow thing where you're pricing it in dollars and just say this is going to predict this seems ridiculous without the inflation variable because it's do – you, do you understand how crazy that is? Like I, I just never understood. I was like, why – how can you say this is going to be $250,000 when you don't know what $250,000 is going to be worth in goods right. in five know. years? Think about that. Yeah. Like Right now, money you – know, what $250,000 gets you now is a hell of a lot less than it got you 100 years ago. So that's not a constant. So you're using like a, you're, you're using like this constant thing, just the stock to flow, which is a ratio to predict something that, that varies based on all these factors. So it doesn't he probably, he probably blocked you for your question. Cause it sounds like that's what he does. So a lot he, of he didn't block me, but he just, I was just like, I don't, or maybe ask someone else who was talking about like, yeah. I don't understand the, infl- how inflation right. could possibly factor it in this because are you saying in current $2,020, it'll be worth 250,000. Is that how it works? Or are you saying this can be worth two hundred fifty thousand or whatever, whatever the hell two thousand twenty three dollars are worth? Which we don't know. So how can you say that? We don't know what two thousand twenty three dollars will be worth because we don't know how many dollars will be printed in existence or not. So you were questioning this before this. I was You're questioning it, but I was sort of like wanted to believe it. So I was like, "Stop right, the flow." Sounds yeah, so who doesn't want to see two eighty eight in a couple years or whatever. The, yeah, and, and it uh, sounds so elegant, you know, so simple. For and sure. Sure, and obviously, like there is something to it, like. The scarcity and the you know easily creatability printability of the currency is going to, of course, affect the value. Like there's no doubt about it. But to make it so that that's like somehow some exclusive, it just doesn't make any sense. Like that's going to tell you the price of it in dollars. You know that because the dollar stock to flow is changing all the time. Right. So like, how can you, if you were to price dollars in Bitcoin, you know every dollar is a ten thousandth of a Bitcoin. Then you'd be like, okay, well, the stock to flow of dollars is going to determine how many Bitcoin it's worth. But no, because what about the stock to flow? It's two different. 
it's just, yeah, it, it doesn't really hold up, but it, it, it's certainly like an, a perfectly legitimate idea. It was just that he modeled it way too uh, specifically. And he's obviously brash and loving the attention he's gotten to yeah. since. So definitely some drama there. And I will say October could have some fireworks uh, in markets. It looks like historically could be some uh, some big movement in the market and Bitcoin, maybe maybe they decouple. Um, what else, Liz? Uh, so my daughter, Chloe, um, went to school for the first time, uh, got uh, a cold, um, had a fever for a day. So they were like, Oh, you better get tested before you come back to school. So we went through a whole issue for the first time of getting tested for COVID. And my, my found the place and my daughter went through the process, did it. And, uh, then the very next, this was this morning negative. So she's still dealing with the cold. I, she was bouncing off the walls the next day. So I wasn't right. too worried about it. Then I was worried about a false positive because the more you look into the NFL, the reason fewer people are getting tested is because they figured out the, how, what testing works. And apparently there are just so many false positives that are happening, but that's a whole another rabbit hole if you want to get into looking at yourself um but anyway i heard about that i heard that basically like like you can measure a lot of the false positives i thought are because if you get the threshold of virus yes threshold yes you're right then like everybody's positive right we're all positive if you if you get it to a certain point and it's not obvious where you calibrate that point because it can grow and incubate or whatever but like where you draw the line really is going to make the the rate a lot different right and so if you draw it higher fewer people are going to turn out positive but now, of course, yeah. people did turn out positive, and right. so yeah, other. Right. Of course, we jinxed the NFL. Of course, we did. But, I mean, that was no. Bad. This is them throwing. This is like remember we talked about getting a B. Yeah. Right. Right. I said like this yes, is it. Got, they throw some great. scrubs. You're not going to see Tom Brady get that shit. Yeah. You're not going to see uh, you know Alvin Kamara knock on wood on that league getting that shit. Um, you know, I have yeah. a team that's twentieth uh, in the uh, prime time, the seventeen or lower buy-in. Good thing I'm heavy in Derrick Henry, James Conner, and Deontay Johnson. That's all I'll say. Um, well, nice list. Awesome. I've heard you say, you know, I think you had a nice Zen outlook that a few things are going poorly, including our picks. But Sunday you have one team that has Kamara and uh, doing, doing well. It's not just Kamara. Here are my first six picks. It was Kamara at 1-6, Chubb in the second round. Oh, nice. Third round. I, I could have taken Aaron Jones, but I'm still oh. third Third round. I got uh, this Jonathan, is an overall you're seeing right, it's over, right yeah, it's over, yeah okay third round I got Jonathan Taylor so I got three running oh. backs I got Kamara Chubb and Taylor fourth round I got DK Metcalf oh fifth, my fifth round I got Mark Andrews who really laid an egg but I still won because I, I got 180 something points yes Sunday and the sixth round I got Prescott so oh, that's that's that team and you know so then I you know I have a couple other guys like I have Daryl Henderson on my bench who I really oh, want to use you this have Daryl Henderson on that team? Okay, that's the nuts. Then that that team. If you have right. him also on yeah, your on my yeah, bench, that's and so good, man. So the next thing you to tell me is you have James Robinson. Yeah, uh, no, I have him on the on another one, but no, so I don't have James Robinson. But so I've got Daryl Henderson on the bench. But I took Debo as my seventh round receiver. I missed Ceedee Lamb by one pick in the seventh round. So he's you know he hasn't done anything. But I've got Slayton who had one huge game week one. And, and I've, I've got some guys shuttling in and out. I've got like – No, Slayton's great with the Hurt Shepherd and, and no Barkley. Yeah, and, he had one good game. will go down. I mean, whatever. Yeah, no, dude, that's, that's a great – Well, that's my second game. receiver, you know. So, so I've got Metcalf and uh, I've got, I got to actually look at this uh, the squad. So, so Metcalf led the NFL in end zone targets as a rookie. And like that setup could not be any better. That defense right. already sucks. And Jamal Adams is now hurt. They're letting Russ cook. Chris Carson's hurt. I mean, Metcalf over under t- t- touchdowns if he stays healthy. I'm just going to say it's 20. I mean, it's 19 and a half. 20 is insane. <laughs> I, I know it is. Yeah, but, but like, like, you know, I'm 11 and a half. 11 and a half. But he's, he's, a, he's a monster. He's, he's Terrell Owens in his prime. That's what this guy is. I mean, he's Julio Jones with 10 more pounds of muscle. That means Terrell Owens. That's who he is. He's got Russ as QB. So my third receiver, though, it was Lavishka because, you know, when this week because Chark went down and he didn't do much. But I've got Debo coming back. I've got Mecole Hardman, who's one injury away from being a monster. I've got uh, Hunter Renfro in there probably for this oh, week. Oh, no, I was just going to say, go after, yes, that's, that's a perfect safe one with PPR now. Dude, Edwards and Ruggs are both yeah. out. So I got him. You know, Mark Andrews is my tight end. The Ravens, you know, Tucker is just a beast. I got Nikhil oh, Harry, wow. Jalen Rieger. That's, I've got all these. I'm just waiting for something, you know, Hardman, Rieger, Harry, Samuel, Chenault, one of these guys to pop, you know, basically. Renfro is like my stand-in. But that was what I did. I, I, ten, I, I didn't go, instead of getting receivers in like four, five, and six, you know, I got four. I got Metcalf. Instead of getting receivers in five and six, I just got a- Andrews and uh, Prescott. 
And this team, knock on wood, has it's got some ceiling, man. That that is an absolutely loaded team. Um, good for you because the rest of your weekend, my Niners put a beating on you. I passed. You had to send me money in the beat, Chris. Uh, list. You oh, uh, yeah. talk about jinx, and again, you telling uh, your the producer on XM before I heard you're talking about. Man, I had a nice run in baseball there. I whatever fifth in in that league, but I beat I think Mike the Mouth by a point in main event. I finished second. That was what twenty five hundred bucks, not bad. And Vlad Sedler liked to find to lose to him, find competitor. I passed him at one point on Saturday. Um, so I was like, actually, um, my home league came. What was there? There was another one that was super close. Oh, League of Leagues, we won. We won. Yeah. I'm sure you I'm were really playing. following that closely. I didn't know. Um, nice job. See, that's yeah, why I won League of League. Job. Yeah, exactly. And football, we had an all star team, but that included Saquon Barkley, uh, uh, Devontae Adams, Kenyon uh, Drake, Miles Sanders, and, and, and guys like that, even McLaurin and Devontae Parker and Andrews. But uh, pretty loaded still, and we won League of League. We won baseball, and even it didn't punt uh, basketball this time. So baseball was fun, and now with like eight playoff games in the same day, I'm kind of into it. So I'm, I'm yeah. How much that's money good. do we win for League of Leagues? Like 500? I still haven't, I haven't heard. I'm, I think it's usually five. Honestly, they haven't told me. I promise I'll, I'll send it as right. soon as they nice. do. I, I, haven't, I, haven't I can, use, I can use some money. I've been paying out. <laughs> Although my main event team, I didn't even check at the end, it's probably 12th or something like that. And I was like, all right, I got to send Jeff a hundred bucks. And he's like, oh no, no, you don't want to know how bad my team was. I follow, I was following this. This was great radio. Yeah, and yeah. I was like, no shit. <laughs> so I thought I was sending him a hundred. He has sent me a hundred. And then this totally random thing in April when there was no sports, we did a best ball and I won the best ball doing no prep, just getting like, oh, Manny Machado. I know he gets at bats. I was just like basically just taking guys I knew were playing because I hadn't done any research. In that Well, I'd done research in March, but I guess I was like totally out of it. And uh, so I won that league. So that was like a hundred bucks. But then we had a side bet that it was 20 bucks because it wasn't a big deal. But then 50 bucks if someone wins the league, which I did. So he had to pay me 50. I think he finished second too by not very much. So he got screwed on that. Sent me 150. What's good karma you because you thought you lost for sure and you just wanted to bring it up just because you wanted to settle your bets. Yeah, and, I, said, and, I want to pay the guys. I mean, I pay Masato. Yeah. You know, I hate paying that dude. It's very rare. He's usually paying me. But, you know, I was ahead of you guys like the whole year. I, I don't know. My I ran out of fab like six weeks ago. Both of you clear. did. Both Not of only did I run out of fab six weeks, I had Odor as my second baseman, garbage uh, catchers. And Odor, you know, was on the DL for that stretch, I'm saying. I got a couple zeros, so... Yeah, I don't know, but that was. Uh, yeah. fell apart. But you had Acuna was hurt, and then he came back and just absolutely went insane. You had a couple, just a couple of good hitters. Yeah, you guys let Bieber fall to me in round what in, at the at the. I didn't like Bieber. Wheel. I didn't want Bieber. I wanted Kershaw, and I was pissed he took him. He was okay. And then, as I told you, like I I wanted Bauer, Gray, and Kluber, two of the three. I took Gray. You took Bauer at the turn, and I took Kluber on the way back. So that was that. But anyway, it was, yeah, it sucked, but it was it's fine. I was, I'm I was glad like, you gave me that's it. You seriously, though, have an awesome time. It's early football, a million things change. But right now, that's like, that looks, that looks like I said, like you have the winning hand in, in your hand. I mean, you know, there's 600 teams, so the guys at the top have some ridiculous stuff. I could have had Aaron Jones. How crazy Kamara and Jones the one, too. But Kamara Chubb is still pretty good with Jonathan Taylor in the third. And Jonathan Taylor just getting going. I mean, he may be the running back one for the last six weeks of the season, for all we know. So. That's just uh, well. That know. defense is like the best in the league for three weeks too. So yeah, for sure. And then so your Saints, you went to bat for, got it wrong, and then I got it for spectacularly wrong. The Ravens. That game was just funny. I was listening to uh, a Ringer pod, and Warren Sharp was was talking to a guy who, who basically. Um, that two thirds of the public money is all on the Chiefs, and just on and on about how you're, you know, basically the squares are all just looking at, at Mahomes. And I was feeling smart because I organically came to that conclusion with you before. And uh, you know why I think that uh, Mahomes' uh, average intended air yards were third worst before that game? Because they were just preparing for the Ravens for two weeks, dude. They like punted that Chargers game. That is funny to me now in hindsight. Wow, uh, well, Chiefs and Mahomes apparently I mean, you are, are, are okay. You got to stop listening to Warren Square. I mean, that dude thinks the square. <laughs> he doesn't know. I mean, the Ravens were. I think everyone else, or almost everyone else, took the Ravens in the staff picks too. It was like, I don't know. The Ravens were clearly the better team through the first two weeks, like in terms of comparing to the opponents. But sometimes things are just simple, right? It's like the, after the game, it was Calais Campbell was interviewed and he said, "Well, they don't give you half a billion dollars for nothing." You know, like talking about Mahomes, like they weren't just going to give him that money if he wasn't good. You know, that was his explanation for what happened. 
And it was and really- the buy is so important right now with just one team getting the buy. And it's like obviously a two game swing facing the Ravens. So I really think Reed just spent the last two weeks like he does his bye week preparing for the Ravens. So they had a little hiccup against the Chargers and they just vanilla playbook. And then boom. I mean, that was impressive. The, the Ravens had a, you know, a special teams touchdown. I mean, yeah. man, that was and, a And Bucker missed a field goal and an extra point. I yeah, mean, yeah, it was a good, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but I'll say this Lamar Jackson, he's like a fantastic talent and does amazing things. But, you know, let's say you're facing Belichick, you know, and, and uh, Belichick, it's going to be interesting because the, the, the Chiefs are facing him. But Belichick may slow down Mahomes. He may. But I would have a lot of confidence in Belichick to slow down Lamar Jackson more than Mahomes. Because Lamar Jackson, it's like Belichick would figure out what to make him do. With Mahomes, what could Dude, those passes were some were so ridiculous. Who was it? Marcus Peters or something? But didn't even act upset. He's like, "What are you gonna do?" I mean, I right. couldn't guard him better. That's the what, thing. What I mean? Like, like Mahomes, you could have a Belichick defense that's taking away this or trying to do that, but you're dealing with the greatest of all time. I, you know, it's like you, you can do your best. You know, I mean, this is why it's such an interesting game. We'll get to this game, but the Patriots Chiefs is that Belichick when he was the defensive coordinator of the Giants. He, he made the Super Bowl against the Bills team, the best Bills team in that run. And they had Jim Kelly, Thurman Thomas, Andre Reid, James Loft. In the, and, you know, Reid, Thurman Thomas, Kelly were at their very peak of peaks. And they had a really good defense. They had just beaten a 12-4 and Raiders team 51-3 to in the AFC title <laughs> game. 51-3 to in the title yep. game. And the Giants had gone back life and death with the Niners and, and won on back the road. Yeah, Jeff Hostetler. Yeah, with the backup quarterback. So Belichick's got, you know, his two weeks or whatever. And he's got to stop this juggernaut. This just, you know, Thurman, the offensive line was good. Thurman Thomas was catch passes. He was like so good. Andre Reid, I mean, all these, it was, they were so good. And he wins 20 to 19 on a miss. And field. he had to overcome his offense, getting, giving up a safety. That's yeah. both two points and a short field position. Yes, that's also true. So you're talking about a guy who went and took apart. His, his whole thing is to take apart these all-time great offenses and, and he can do it. Now, against the Chiefs in 2018 in Mahomes' MVP year, it was, he shut the Chiefs out in the first half. Then they got 31 in the second half, yeah, but their defense right. was so gassed, and the Patriots got the ball first, and that was it. But had the Chiefs gotten the ball first, they would have won that game and gone to the Super Bowl. But I think Mahomes is better now. Like He's more experienced. He's won a Super Bowl. This is the hardest level to play on against Mahomes. I think it's the Bills, as great as that offense was, this is better. It, this is this is really interesting this week. And we can get to the games unless there's something else you want to talk about. But just Mahomes, that one play where he threw to Hardman, he literally takes a 12 step drop back and throws it across the body, across the field. Like there's no quarterback ever who's had the ability to do that. He is it's special for sure. But there's one uh, yeah. QB. I mean, there's Russell Wilson who is so ridiculous. Also, it's, I mean, his pretty deep ball, the high arc. It's yeah. so nice. I mean, He's Wilson so and Mahomes. I mean, I, you know, people like Marino and Elway played together, and there's Montana. But I think these are the two best ever now. Now I'm starting to get convinced that these are the two best ever. Steve Young in his peak was pretty ridiculous. Rodgers at his peak was pretty ridiculous. But I kind of think these are the two best ever. Yeah, I'm not, yeah. Manny, Manny was really, really, really awesome too. But yeah. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't argue. These are, it's, Russell Wilson's on pace for 75 touchdowns and five interceptions. And the one interception, as Pina helped me point out in the, uh, the last podcast, was like right off Greg Olson's hands. Should have been uh, a catch. Well, the pick six and, to start the New England game. Right, exactly. And uh, DK Metcalf should have another touchdown catch. So, I mean, he's basically, I mean, right. it's unbelievable what Russell Wilson is doing. I mean, it's, it's, it's yeah, those two are. Pretty awesome. Want to get to the, the game? I wouldn't even have to, whatever. You want to go through the game so quick? You want to talk about the ones you like? I don't even, I, sure, yeah, we can go, go through them. Let's go through them. Yeah, you're okay. right. Cause like, I mean, it's like, why are we even going through bullshit games that we don't even care about? But let's just go through them. We'll do it fast. All right. Start the Jets, uh, Broncos. I took the Jets. I made it, uh, pick them. It, when I first looked at it, it was minus three. It's only minus one now. So I'm not strong on it. But unanimous pick, Jets. That's where we're at in our lives. Yeah, I even added him in a couple leagues to play uh, to start on defense. I love that Denver coach called him Mark Rippon is going to start. Yeah. Um, love that. But uh, yeah, I, yeah, I took the Jets too. Could be Adam Gase's final uh, coaching uh, job. Hopefully. Hopefully it is. Colts minus two and a half at Bears. No, that means we will have lost. Um, yeah. uh, so I know this is kind of contrarian, but I could be talked into using the Colts here less than three. Fewest yards per play allowed, number one defense. Uh, I think the Bears kind of frauds at 3-0. and People like Foles. So I know you're probably going to disagree, but I like the Colts here. Uh, I have the Bears. I made this line a pick them, 
there, yeah, there are they are a fraud at three and zero, but they're a fraud, and Colts D is going to eat them alive. Colts D is going to eat them alive. I like this one, but I, I, it's it, you know, yeah, if okay, you want to push for it, if you want to own it, I mean, you're owning that horrible Ravens pick. I mean, at least know, the Saints yeah. were tied and had the ball at midfield before Taysom Hill some stupid ass play fumbles. Oh, well, there's no defending the Ravens pick. Yeah, yeah there's the, none. the Packers were, were the right side, I will say, but at least it was like you know in the in the ballpark for them to cover. We'll see if we can. Let's let's move on. Okay, you can do it. Okay, Uh, Saints minus four at Lions. I took the Lions. I know you made them your best bet. Rufus Peabody came on the. So two things. Rufus Peabody really likes the Jets this week, and he really likes the Saints this week. Ooh. Um, Yeah, he liked the Jets last week. Remember, he said the line was only like six or whatever, and it was twelve. I I like Rufus Peabody. To be clear, and I'm sad I missed that uh, segment. Um, You know, uh, try to go back and and listen. I, I don't know. I didn't love a best bet this week. Maybe I even talked myself more. I got more excited talking about the Colts, thinking about it and fading like the Saints need a win. But Breeze is just not throwing the ball downfield. Um, Stafford was 12 touchdowns, four home games last year in this system, and Galladay is back. So feels to me like a shaky Breeze giving more than a field goal on the road is too much. That's what I felt. I felt the Lions offense would at least keep some pace, and it seemed too much. Rufus's point is the Saints defense is excellent. The, if you grade them on like you know play success rate and all those metrics, they're still good this year. Even though some teams had a lot of uh, convert success converting yards into touchdowns, like the Raiders did, and that Breeze is probably a dink and dunker at this point. But that's just his job now. He's a caretaker. He doesn't need to go crazy. And the Lions are just pretty bad. But. But hey, how crazy is it that Kamara, the number two, uh, second most fantasy points ever from a running back through three weeks yeah. with 31 carries? Yes. Now, Kamara, dude, I saw Kamara on that team, and I'm watching the game, and I'm like, dude, this is stealing. It's like they just throw him like an eight-yard pass every play, and that's 1.8 points every single play. It's unbelievable. You're like, this is so, and then he breaks one for, like, that run, that run, catch and run was like, Beast quake, good. That was like the sickest catch and run I've ever seen. Yeah, that fifty-yard touchdown. Yeah, that guy is so good. Is, He's got such good yeah. balance too. He's like Barry. Now gets the Lions on turf in a fifty-four over/under yeah. game. Might want to fire him up. Yeah. Uh, All right. So we, we, we can use the Lions if you want. I'm not like huge on it, but I'll use it. Panthers minus. I mean, sorry, the Cardinals minus three and a half at Panthers. Um, I took the Panthers here, but I didn't feel strongly. Uh, Murray's been better fantasy quarterback than real life so far, but I didn't feel strongly in this one. Yeah, me neither. Jaguars plus three at Bengals. Um, I took the Jaguars. They, they have a whole uh, extra, you know, 10 days prep. Cincinnati just played five quarters. Uh, I don't know. It seemed like the right spread, though, honestly. Yeah, I, I took the Bengals, but I'm not strong on it. Browns plus four and a half at Cowboys. Uh, we're definitely using the Cowboys, I think, because I believe you're strong in them as well. This spread should be like seven and a half, That's what right? I, mean. seven uh, and a half. I don't really understand why it's not, frankly. It's almost, it's actually fishy. Uh, so yeah, we'll definitely use Cowboys so much better at home. Wait for Mayfield trying to play catch up. I don't like the setup for them. Yeah, Dallas bad secondary, but they have pass rush. Vikings plus Alden Smith, man. It, you, you do not leave the NFL for multiple years with the issues he was dealing with and come back and leads the NFL in sacks, robbed of a defensive player I'm of the week. Pretty sure, um, and I'm not gonna don't don't say I'm not a hundred percent sure of this that he was found. He was so wasted when he crashed his car that like his car his wheels were elevated like up a tree and his foot was still on the gas and it was like the wheels were spinning, you know, like up in the air like when they found him. Yes, something like that. that. that that is true, but that is nowhere near as crazy as when he went and got a, a, a test for his ankle bracelet. He walked into the police station and blew a point four two, blew a point four two while getting a, tested at a cop thing. And that that is you're you're comatose most people if you're at the point three level. Right. And he was right. it, it's unbelievable. Yeah. So and now he is leading the NFL in sacks, dude. I'm happy for all this. He's like Smith. a modern day Lawrence Taylor. Yeah. yeah. Uh, right. <laughs> by the way, the real man account follows only three people. I might have to start following Alden Smith. I follow Vontez Perfect, Lawrence Taylor, and Steven Seagal. That's it. That's all he follows. You know, he definitely doesn't follow you. He definitely doesn't follow me. But maybe Alden Smith has to be a fourth follow. Uh, pretty soon. Can I say how tilted I am to having CeeDee Lamb on 99, maybe even 100% of my fantasy teams? And I think he was banged up on a punt return, and Cedric Wilson is why he was yep. getting those slot touchdowns. It's so annoying. Anyway, continue. But we'll use the Cowboys. Okay, we'll use the Cowboys. Uh, Vikings plus three and a half at Texans. It's my best bet. I just think the Texans have played the Chiefs, the Ravens, and at Pittsburgh. They're a playoff team the last few years. They're like a 9-10 win team with a terrible coach. And the Vikings, I think, are just toast. I think the Vikings are, you know, Cousins can, can light it up once in a while, but against like a mediocre defense. But on the road, I think the Texans are going to smoke them. 
Okay, we'll definitely use this because it's your best bet. But I actually like the Vikings, and I would counter by saying they have faced the Packers at Indy and then just lost by one point to the Titans. Um, I think they have the better offense, defense, and coaching. Uh, Houston has, like, by far the fewest penalty yards this year. That just seems like a fluke, too. I I think this should – why is this not a field goal was my thought. I think Watson is so much better than Cousins and – You know, J.J. Watt is the best player on either defense by a mile. The Vikings have lost several pro bowlers. Vikings have not looked good. Vikings have not looked good. I mean, like, (laughs) Daniil Hunter, I think, is still out. Lost um, Everson Griffin. These are, like, pro bowl guys that are no longer on the team. All right. All on you. I I mean, I hate the Texans. Don't get me wrong. But I think they're going to smoke the Vikings. Uh, Seahawks minus six and a half at Dolphins. Um, I took the points here, you know, the extra prep. Uh, it's Patrick Green, it's obscenely high. Because um, Seattle's given up a ton of yards on the flip side, and their defense is missing Jamal Adams. So that's a long trip after that last week and, and on the road near a total touchdown with that defense. Give me the, give me the home dogs. Yeah, I took Seattle because I made the line seven, but I wouldn't fight for it. I, I totally see the case for the Dolphins. Chargers plus seven at Bucks. I still don't know what to make of really either of these teams. If the Chiefs punted that game too, and Herbert, so I held my nose and took the points. But Tampa Bay's defense is full blown legit. Yeah, I took the Bucks. I made it eight, but it kind of felt like a sucker side to me. You know, it just felt like that's not a smart pick, but I took them. Steelers. Uh, well, this is postponed, so we're not going to yeah, use this no. anyways. Let's skip it. Ravens Tough minus thirteen at football team. I took the football team. I made it eleven and a half. I think the Ravens could easily win by thirty, but. 13 on the road is kind of a lot. Uh, short week. Yeah. I kept going back and forth on this. I took the football team as well. But, man, if Chase Young and Matt Ioannidis are out, that defense could be – it could just – yeah, the Ravens could get right and just go crazy. So I don't feel strongly about that one. But I held my nose and took the points as well. Uh, Giants plus 13 at Rams. I made this line 13. So, of course, I went the homer pick. But I have zero interest in backing the Giants this week. Yeah, I yeah, I don't want to. I don't like to give that many points, but I do like the. I gave. I did lay the points, and I'm probably going to lean maybe using them in Survivor. Is that too much? You want to talk about them that real quick? Uh, don't use them in Survivor. The Rams are forty or fifty four, fifty five percent owned, and the Ravens are like you know fifteen percent owned or something. All right. So what if you'd already used the Ravens, which I have? I have the Rams second because they're such an overwhelming favorite. The Packers are the only other one I would consider. Well, you have you took the Falcons plus seven, so you're not using the Packers. So that's the only one I would consider. So I would, I guess, yeah. I would use the uh, Rams in that case. Yeah, frustrating. I mean, you're fine. Yeah, you're probably fine. It's just that there's such an opportunity to to fading them if they lose. Yeah, no doubt. Um, the Giants are definitely desperate, but um, man, that's but they a suck. Brutal. They suck. They, it would be a miracle if they beat them. The Rams would have to show up so flat for the Giants to beat them. And they just, they just, uh, yeah. Um, what they end up winning or losing that? They they came bumping behind them, but they lost to the Bills, right? Yeah, that game yeah. ultimately, yeah, yeah, exactly. But the Rams are good. I mean, obviously they're good. Oh, they're really good. They're my favorite. Uh, I want to point out they're twenty five to one right now. They're my favorite Super Bowl bet right now. I think they're they're playing. Did you make it right there? Uh, I will. I'm going to this weekend. Yeah, I'm gonna get them at twenty five to one for sure. Like that. Um, and your Giants, by the way, what's up, man? The 49ers, I got to give you a little bit more of a hard time. I mean, that was their C team out there just dominating. Yeah, Jeff Wilson, my guy, scoring two tutties in the fourth quarter. Yeah, yeah, that's because Jerick McKinnon hurt his ribs. But they suck. They're horrible. Their line sucks. Their defense. James Bradbury is a really good corner, though. I like him. He's the only good player on the team. Blake Martinez is all right. There's a couple of acquisitions were good. Defensive line isn't terrible. They just get beat down, though. I mean, the three and outs, the punts, their defense is on the field. Defense is okay. They lost Xavier McKinney, the, the top safety in the draft. They lost DeAndre Baker to jail or whatever he's going to jail for robbing somebody at a barbecue. You know, they just had that. And obviously, Saquon, he wasn't doing anything because the line is so bad. But it's just, now they don't, it's not like they'd lost Saquon and have Alex Madison or someone. They have total scrubs as their running backs now. So that's bad. They're just, you know, in a bad way. I still believe in Danny Dimes, but it's, he's, you know, he's almost in Darnold territory in terms of the setup. Yeah, it's a bad setup. Um, it's nice having uh, Shanahan. I'm sure the Niners will suffer some pain with all those those losses. Will eventually catch up to them. But um, it is it's so nice just having such a sick system. You know, yeah. I mean, it's it's God, it's so it's so important. For players football. don't matter. That's a, that's the reality. You know, it's not running backs that matter. It's players don't matter. Right. It's just it's all system. Everyone's everyone's a system player. Christian McCaffrey system back. All right, Patriots plus seven at Chiefs. I took the Pats. I made this four and a half. I love Cam. I think the defense is good they're gonna have a good game plan i think ceh might go crazy i'm not sure about this but i feel like they're gonna make them 
try to play the way they did against the Chargers. You know, like the, they're going to try to let them drive down the field and kick field goals and, and not, I think Belichick's going to try to take away the, the home run and just make it sort of a smash mouth game. I took KC, but don't feel strongly at all. Fading Belichick, usually wrong. I could see it going with where Newton and the rushing attack, uh, you know, really has success. Or if they get behind, it could be a problem with with Newton, who did not perform nearly as well um, last week. But um, yeah, uh, I don't know. You don't like it's seven points. It's about probably it's about right. But um, Mahomes, who do you like to fade here, Mahomes or Belichick? It's a stay away, right? Yeah, I like the Pats, but I'm not like crazy strong. Mahomes is the one unsolvable piece, I think, in a way. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. Uh, all right, Bills minus three at Raiders. I really like the Raiders here. I, I think minus three is a lot. Bills just won a dramatic game. The last play, travel cross country and, and have to lay the full three against a solid Raiders team that just had a little bit of a letdown against a good team. I think the Raiders win this game outright. I like the Bills here. That Raiders defense is uh, not playing well. They're going to be without Ruggs and Brian Edwards and Damon Arnett. Um, I believe it's something like the last 13 games, Josh Allen, 33 touchdowns, two picks. That's kind of uh, better than I expected him to be this year. I'm tired of fading my fireball guy, Josh Allen. I think the Bills are just playing better, but you know me, I'm a, a John Gruden hater. Yes, you are. All right, Eagles plus seven and Niners. I made the seven, so it was a coin flip. And whenever I have a coin flip, I either go with the homer pick, like the Giants, or I go with the team I'm emotionally averse to taking. And I, I don't want to take the Eagles. They suck. They're horrible. But I took them because it was right on my number, and I thought, always take the team you don't want to take if the number's the same. I think I faded the Niners the first three weeks. Um, I'm on them this week, but don't love it. I mean, Philly's so desperate, but man, both teams just totally wounded. Um, Philly just played those five quarters, and man, Wentz has been so, so bad. Um, don't think it matters too much whoever does uh, start at QB for the Niners in this one, but I think that spreads right. Yeah. I'm with you. Falcons plus seven and Packers. I really like the Packers. I think I made this line 10. The Falcons are bad. Julio Jones may or may not play. The Packers are good. Rodgers looks like himself. Devontae Adams might play. I think he's got a better chance than Jones. I think this is just well, – <laughs> why is it seven? It should be, like, so much bigger. It's, you say the Falcons are bad, but, I mean, they're the first – they had 15-point fourth-quarter leads each of the last two weeks in Dallas and against the Bears. And then their other matchup this year was against the Seahawks. Packers have allowed the most yards per play in the NFL this year. Also gotten the most yards per play on offense, which is a nice fun dichotomy. I guess it makes sense why this game's 58. I said, is this the highest you can remember in the NFL? P&L pointed out that Rams game a couple years ago may have gotten into the 60s. Right. Um, this is very high for but, a regular season game. But yeah, I mean, when the Packers look awesome, they really do. I mean, regardless of their offseason, their draft picks or whatever, uh, they have protecting uh, Rodgers well, and he looks awesome. So um, all right, I hear you. So you like the Packers quite a bit. You want to you want to fight for them even? Yeah, I mean, I, it's probably it's so I, like I was talking to Jeff about this. Like when you, I was reading this thread on Twitter where this guy he said like, you know, when you're making a bet in the markets, buying an option, a stock, you know, if you're betting against the spread, most of the people on the other side of the trade are intelligent people with experience also. So if you can't see what the hell they're even thinking then you probably don't understand the trade as well as you should, and you shouldn't do it. If you can understand exactly why they would like the other side, but then also feel like, here's something I think they could be missing, but I can see why they still like it, you're a lot better shape to make a bet uh, than if you just like don't see it. And I like just saw that line, I was like, what? Seven? The Falcons have no defense at all. I know the Packers may be allowing more per play, but... In Green Bay, they're just going to light that up. And the Falcons are like, do what they do, which is like put up some yardage, but not get there. So that was. Yeah, it's possible Aaron Jones goes crazy and no Julio. And even Russell Gage was concussed. So I don't know who's more healthy between Adams or Julio. But um, yeah, well, yeah, the Packers look really good. And obviously, when an over under is so high, every point matters less in the right. spread. So I mean, yeah, I, I, I could see it for sure. All right, so we're going to have a hard time because we disagree on the ones we like the most, which is kind of odd. Uh, and I just, I got a principle, don't want to use the Jets. I just really just don't want to go there. Yeah, okay. I, just, I yeah, don't care. I just, I just don't want that in my life. So I'm going to say Texans, Cowboys, Packers, yeah. and whatever you want. Yeah, uh, we'll go Lions. Um, I'm definitely with on the Cowboys for sure. Lions, and Cowboys, Texans, Packers, and one more. 
Yeah, I will. Maybe I'll go to bat for the Colts. I'll go to bat for the Colts. I'm in, I'm in on that defense. Yeah, you know as long as that's under three, we'll look at the spreads when they come out. We still, you know, we'll go over the official super contest lines. But what were you saying? Let me tell you something. It's always better to go to bat for something you believe in, even if over the disc, the minor disagreement of someone else, than to compromise and pick one that we agree on that neither of us feel strongly about. Yeah, it really is. And by the way, can I point out, I appreciate your, your referring to BDN on XM. I, I appreciate that. And, um, yes. yeah, and, and BDN is an upgraded quarterback, but I still think the, uh, the Colts defense is, but yeah, that's a fraudulent three and O team. So, um, I will, I will say that hopefully it's under three and we'll, we'll go over all these on the XM show. Um, and you'll, you'll come up with some story that's, uh, trying to slander me on air. Yeah. All you gotta, you can always get your way, man. All you gotta do is ask very specifically. You know, people, a lot of people in life, and I get into this with Heather, you know, they, they assume you're thinking something and then they get pissed. You didn't do it. But it's like, just ask very specifically. And clearly. Oh, I didn't even bring up to you, too. I, 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 I actually did throw you in a signal question asking you specifically which of the two teams did you want. I don't know if you've gone through that, too, because I know you brought up the I'm looking at the text, but oh, there's yeah. even. Sig- let me see. Yeah. Let me take a look at that. I'm, I'm looking okay. at this right now. Did I answer it? No, you did not. And you're the one that tells me to contact you. Well, on I don't that. care about this kind of stuff. It's just, you know, the yeah, gotcha. Raiders or Jets. Oh, yeah. yeah, you asked me, Raiders or Jets. Yeah. You, I wasn't denying that you asked me. I thought, I thought you were like, Raiders or Jets, which one did we pick? And I was like, we picked the right. Jets. But if you were like, well, I know that we initially agreed on the Jets, but I'm actually thinking we should do the Raiders. Yeah, I got you. I should have. I, I would have said, all right, fine. I don't, I, dude, I'm not going to fight for, listen, you if you, if anybody listening to this podcast in my, or in my real life sees me fighting for the Jets, well, just institutionalize me immediately. I like how you fell for that on XM, too. I'm like, do you know about that Curb episode? Because I know you've mentioned it a thousand times. And you're uh, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I forget that you listen, right? Like some people, a lot of people listen, a lot of people don't. A lot of people listen to some and not others. So No, I got you. It's the right attitude to assume no one listens to you. Yeah, because I, then I, you say, I assume no one's listening. I even forget that I'm on the air. You know, that's the of thing. Of course. I, no, no. That's definitely the way to have it. No, no, no doubt. No doubt. But yeah, I no, I do. I do yeah, sometimes your show on. It's, actually, it's actually cool when. People are like, oh, yeah, I caught that. I was like, oh, that's cool. You, I, you know, who knows? Who, who knew? No, definitely. I get flattered if anyone brings up this podcast. And I'm, like, shocked at some of the people that, like, I haven't talked to in, in a while. And they'll bring it up something. It's, like, yeah. totally, like. It's, like, Obama that. and Trump and LeBron James email me all the time. They're like, I caught that uh, real man would. It was good. No, in all seriousness, though, we have a nice connection for maybe a garden. If we were talked about, you know, growing a garden stuff, we have like an expert now we have uh, available on our hands, stuff like that. It's pretty cool, man. I like it. Yeah, that guy's like a legit organic gardener. And then I got like the dog, you know, the, the right. uh, dog. No, no, I, I'm, this is like a resource. Like I have a resource. Yeah. This is like, I'm not kidding. I get good info from the listeners. So, all right, man. Well, let's wrap this up. It's been a long one. We went way too long on the games, but it's all right. There's enough there for everybody. Yeah, we'll finalize the games on, on XM, but we'll come up with some winners, but it doesn't really matter anyway. We're in the, we're in the hole here. Nice job on uh, League of Leagues. I like getting money. That's just that's the thing. I just like getting sent money. Absolutely, yeah. Go. No, for sure. Yeah, no, and hopefully I know. I need 20 bucks for a dumbass Cueto Gaussman bet. Oh, yeah. Go. You Gossman know what, though? I should, I, should t- I should tweet at Paul Sporer. Because do you remember like five years ago or four years ago, we had this epic argument on Twitter Tehran versus Gaussman, who's better? Yeah, yeah. Yes, I do remember Dude, that. Yes. No, we, I'm I, done. I finally am vindicated five years I later. I didn't know who the other guy was. I remember the Julio Teheran one. I did not know who the, So the other one was, was Gossman. Gossman. That's I, was, I was arguing for Gossman. He was arguing for Tehran. That year they were like dead even and not very good. But five years later, who's right? Right. Yeah, you don't need to. Yeah, I'll just Paul. take that off. The I owe you. I'll just take that out of that. I forgot yeah, about take that. Take it out. Yeah, 20 it. bucks out of you. That, uh, yeah, Gossman's nasty. Man. He's good. Awesome. He's actually good. Yeah. Hope they resign him. All right, good stuff, Liz. All right, All right man. Take, take time. Later. Later.